welcome to a new episode of the Bleeding Metal podcast. I am your host, Kiki, she, her, and I am here with my co-host. Pia, she, her, hello. Hi, and today we have a very special guest for a very uh, interesting conversation that I've been dying to have for over a month now. <laughs> so uh, can you please introduce yourself? My name is Toby, or you know what, Tobias. Ever the older I get, the more I like my my full name, which is Tobias. But you guys can call me Toby if you like. That's no problem. Uh, <laughs> and I sing in a band called Trash Boat. Perfect. And you played at the High Five Summerfest um, six weeks ago already. Wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but yes. And weirdly enough, that was the last uh, show in the summer of festivals that we had done and the festival run across europe is always kind of a luck of the draw thing um when it comes to the routing um and it was unfortunately a very bad draw for us we were going from one side of europe to the other to the other to the other just like in oh. no seeming <laughs> um pattern uh and that last day we, we played provinci festival in finland the night before And we left the Finnish festival uh, at, uh, after our set at about sort of 5 p.m. And we all we had all our gear, all our in-ears rig, our sound desk, everything. So we all were carrying our suitcases, our backpacks, and each dragging like a big pelly case. And we had to go from the festival to the train station. We changed trains a couple times and then had to get from the train station to the airport. Super tight timings. And we were dragging all this stuff. And we made it to the hotel in Stockholm um, after a full night's travel at about midday. And our set was at three. Oh, so we shit. kind of just dropped everything off. And we were just like, it's fine. We'll, we'll come back later. <laughs> um, a, a few of us napped for like an hour and then went straight to the festival and played. So it was wild to get there. But it's like, it's the last day. It's fine. <laughs> Damn. Well, a nap can work miracles. So <laughs> it was it was crazy. But it was, it was totally worth it. We love it in Stockholm. Yes, it was it was a great party. We just did a bonus episode of the podcast about it, and that uh, actually released today because we are uh, recording on August 16th. And uh, yeah, we were talking about how many people, well, how many of our group and also a few bands had um, difficulties getting there and uh, travel cancellations and the lineup had to be changed on the second day. So Yeah, um, a lot going on. Um, but yes, um, then you played uh, the main stage of High Five Summerfest and uh, we saw you there. And uh, you said something when you were on stage that uh, totally caught my attention. And um, I don't know if you remember exactly what you, say, what you said. Yeah, I mean, I, I say a similar thing before playing the song He's So Good um, most of the time, I mean, it differs because I just kind of ad lib it and I just I, I say whatever mm -hmm. I feel. But yeah, it's it's a whole spiel about identity, um, and I always I always have to choose my words very carefully here because um, my experience has been very passive, very sheltered. My parents were very accepting of whatever I wanted to do, however I wanted to feel, which is what I wish on everyone. Um, mm -hmm. And I understand that a lot of people have a lot more specific uh, and divisive experiences when it comes to their identity, and they're still very much struggling to figure it out. So I don't want to sort of put those people down, but I, I try to encourage less of a focus on 
developing the necessity for validation to the extent where you can't really function day to day without demanding that everyone um, buys into your idea of your identity, you know, because otherwise you end up just feeling horrible and you feel unliked and unaccepted and you don't feel yourself. Um, and I know some people are going to have, have had childhoods where they, you know, maybe they've suffered abuse, maybe they've suffered this and this and that. And I'm not saying like the way you feel, you shouldn't feel the way that you feel, but I just try to sort of, I don't know, bleed a little bit of my privilege out there so that maybe people can sort of just relax a little bit and not take these things so seriously and not place so much weight on it. Because when you do, you will end up being disappointed because when, when, you, when you place that much significance on it and you put it out there so loudly and so proudly, most of the things that you're going to come across are sort of people that will react in a very spiteful reactionary way and you're not going to get the reaction that you deserve and it's it's just it's not worth it in my opinion i never get that i'm waiting for someone to come and test me and to be a bigot and to i'm very confrontational i'd love to have an argument with someone that disagreed with the fact that i paint my nails or the fact that i might wear a crop top or wear eye makeup or the fact that you know as a masculine presenting man sometimes i do things that are feminine um, but we can get to that later. Like, I'm waiting for someone to come and try and check me like that, but they don't because I don't make like the biggest deal about it. And I kind of just crack on and do my thing. But I mean, I'm, I'm confrontational. I want someone to come and try and try and talk me out of it because I've got, I've got words ready. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. I like that attitude. Yes. First of all, before we dive into that, uh, we're going to talk about identities. And uh, usually when we describe our identities, we use a lot of labels. So before we, um, before we start, I would uh, ask you to, to pick uh, your three most important labels. <laughs> three okay i got two and i have to i have to think about the third one um of course one of my identities is that i'm a metalhead and that that's something that i carry with me since i don't know 20 years or something and i could not live without music that's something that i experienced when i was at a concert um a week ago that was so great to be back at a at a venue with all these people and just enjoying a show and stuff like that. And then I knew, okay, well, I need this in my life and that's definitely a part of my identity. The, th the second word would be mother because I have a baby since November and mm -hmm. I wouldn't have believed that I would feel so comfortable in this role because I struggled a lot with this before. And I never said I definitely want to have kids. I was like, okay, Maybe it happens, maybe it won't happen. If it doesn't happen, it's not so, um, it's not difficult for me. I can enjoy other things in my life. But now I could not go back to, uh, to not having my baby. And the third word, hmm, that's, that's tricky. I guess I also I mean, identify you come up a with lot. Two. I'm sat here struggling to think of one. <laughs> I'm sat here right now my hands are sweating I'm like I can't even think of one answer to this it's crazy I think the the third one might be that I'm also a journalist that's also my day job my profession and that's also a big part of my life and I really enjoy working and there would be something missing when I got my baby I had three months where I did not work and I was like oh when can I go back to work again <laughs> So yeah, that that's also 
uh, I felt that this also is a big part of what I need and also a big part of my identity. But I think there are a lot of things you can you also have this label or this role that you play towards your parents that you are a child and you can also be a parent if you have children and that's something I think is very interesting and I think we also had this in school um, where we said um, you have different relationships to to the people in your life and you play different roles in these relationships absolutely yeah 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 and I think yeah. the labels come from also from these relationships Not necessarily mm -hmm. because music is not a person, but <laughs> something well, that defines us also. That's very interesting. And I, I agree because I, I, I think we, we, we are very adaptable creatures and our label, like this is another big thing. I am subject to change at any yes. point. Yeah. I, I'm a, I, I reserve my right to, if we take relationships, I reserve my right to be attracted to any single one member of the human race. And mm -hmm. to be honest, if I meet someone and I'm talking to someone and I'm attracted to their personality and I'm physically attracted to them, then everything else is completely irrelevant, whether they're male presenting, female presenting, trans, whatever aspect. I'm not saying that these things mm -hmm. aren't important, but they're not important for my perception of them and for my potential attraction to them. Um, and if I, you know, there might be some trans people that I'm attracted to, there might be some trans people that I'm not attracted to. Um, and it it just doesn't factor into my judgment of a person mm -hmm. um, what what identity that they choose. And I I was or I'll choose maybe the wrong word, um, but I I don't know. Like yeah, music a musician that's part of my identity for sure. But you know I I I see um, I see the adaptability element as more of a virtue and more of a sign of my identity than being a musician because. If the men came with their briefcases and their dark glasses and their pencil ties and they put the paper down on the desk and say, said, you can no longer be a musician, that's done, that's gone, then uh. I'm, I'm no longer a musician, you know, like that's, that's no longer part of my identity. And this actually happened to me when I was, um, when I was a lot younger, because I have uh, a pretty devastating uh, knee injury that started when I was 15 and persists to this day. Uh, and I defined my whole life as a teenager through sport and competition. Mm. Very competitive boy, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, rugby, tennis, loved sport, did it every day. And any day that I wasn't playing sport, I was in the gym preparing for these sports. Uh, I injured myself when I was 15. It got worse and worse. And then when I was about 19, 20, I had my fourth or fifth surgery. And the surgeon was like, you will not be able to do any of this ever again. I'm very sorry. This is bad and it's only going to get worse. We're going to have to have conversations about this degenerative problem that you have. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's obviously been degenerating for the last 10 years or so. And that's a thing that I have to deal with. But that effectively happened. It was like sport was me. And then boom, mm -hmm. they were like, no, no more sport, um, which sucked. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, what else am I good at? You know, what other aspects of my identity can I pursue and pour my heart and soul into? And music was one of those things that I had on the back burner. So, yeah, uh, the aspects of my identity that I would choose for that question, it would be like picking my top three bands. That's going to change. Mm -hmm. I, could, I could choose my top three bands right now. And then you could ask me a week later after I've listened to a band's discography, rediscovered my love for them, and I would, I would have different answers. So in all honesty, my brain was going... And I, I don't have an answer for, for that aspect of, of my identity. <laughs> But that fits that's to what you said in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Kiki, what are your 
three or whatever labels. <laughs> I, I was just thinking a thing that comes from my spirituality um, that is, so I guess once that's one of my labels, I'm a spiritual person. Um, and I define myself through my uh, spiritual lens as a, as a soul with, with a human experience. So I guess human is a pretty vast um, label that uh, we could all use. That'll do. But I do identify as a singer, whether I'm active or not, actively making music or not. And I do identify as a woman. That is also a very like important part of, um, of my experience and, and my personality, I think. But you were already making connections to to a next step of the conversation. All of the the uses of labels we hear them we hear about them a lot in uh, the LGBTQIA plus community, especially when we are talking about marginalized identities, right? And that's when all of the labels are are kind of important. And I have this discussion with my brother a lot. He thinks labels are not strictly necessary because they can be very divisive sure because of othering right mm -hmm. if i identify as something that means i'm not other things and that makes me different mm -hmm. than other than other people and for me labels have always been very important because i have found solace kind of mm -hmm. because i have felt different for a long time i guess and so um And so finding community through those labels was something that gave me a lot of comfort and knowing that I'm not the only one, that I'm not all alone and that there uh, is actually, um, and that I belong to a certain community, yeah. right? So, um, but what you just said, uh, Toby, was also very, very important. And I don't think a lot of people have this uh, very present, that labels can change. Mm. and the most, um, maybe even the most fundamental labels about us can change as we grow and, and, and develop. And that was something that happened, uh, on the same trip <laughs> as the trip to Stockholm for the festival. Um, after that, I went down to, uh, Malmö for the pride celebrations And uh, there were um, several events there, and I took part in this workshop by Robin Ox. Um, she's a bisexual activist from and, and educator from the U.S. And she did this brilliant, brilliant workshop about that was called Beyond Binaries. And I'm going to link the um, the handout in the description because it is about uh, gender and sexuality being a spectrum, um, but also gives you the possibility of identifying outside of the spectrum as yeah. questioning, as unsure, as not feeling represented in, in that spectrum. And something that she also says in the beginning of the workshop, and that is um, part of the questions in this questionnaire, is um, it can change. So how you saw yourself in your developing years or how you see yourself now or how you want others to see you in the future, how you want to present can always change. And that was something I had never thought. <laughs> totally. totally. I, I, I split myself right down the middle here because a lot of the conversations that you hear about uh, gender, about identity, 
is often depicted on YouTube or on TikTok. And it's always two people sat down. One of them is, you know, a, a potentially very androgynous person with very strong um, opinions about binaries and identity and gender and all these things. And the other one is usually a, a bearded, stern, boring, conservative man that has an incessant fixation on the truth and reality. And they butt heads and they all back, they try to back each other into ideological corners by sort of repeating the same questions over and over, like, you know, a trans women, real women. Well, what is a real woman? And then they can't answer the question. And I, I don't really firmly side with either side. And I would like to sit in between these two people and say, right, one minute, mm -hmm. you, this is what I think of your position. And this is how I think that you could make small concessions just to make things a lot easier. And then go to the other thing and say, yeah, but that doesn't mean that you're entirely right and you're entirely vindicated with your point of view. Because I think both need to meet in the middle for a much more sort of meaningful middle ground. You know, the binary, the, the, the male-female thing, yes, I believe it's a spectrum. But I mean, there's certain function to a, to a binary, you know? Like, you can have uh, the wildest neo-pronoun that you want, something that, that you've, you've picked off of a website and chosen somewhere. That's, that's great. I love that for you. But at the end of the mm -hmm. day, if, you, if you're ill and you go to a doctor, why overcomplicate the discussion when someone is just trying to help you by saying, oh, I'm not male or female? And I, and, I, and I do this, this, and this. It's like, yeah, I, I get that. And I want you to be able to live your truth. And I mm -hmm. want you to be able to feel comfortable. But let's be rational here. There's no sense in bringing in something that you have chosen and that has been created specifically for you. Because like, the, the way I see a lot of these neo-pronouns is it, it's, it's like astrology. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like It's like a star sign. And it, all of the star signs and all of the astrological signs, each description of each one represents a part of us. Right, and it's as if you could choose your astrological sign because all of the neo pronouns that have been invented, they've been created by someone, and you read a description that someone has made up. All things are made up. I'm not criticizing it for being made up. You read a description, and you're like, oh, that describes me. I'm going to pick that one, and it's like that's fine. But when you come across someone who has lived their entire life with the simple male female, and you then hit them with something that changes their entire lexicon. And you're like, whenever you're referring to me, you have to take this word that I have found and you have to refer to me in this manner. If it's not someone that you're close to and that already respects you and that already understands you, they're going to struggle and that's okay. And mm -hmm. then sort of laying that, that, that pressure on them to either buy into your identity or suffer the you know, socially fatal consequences. It's a big ask. It's a big ask. But also, I get frustrated with the people that sit down and they're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not concerned about how you view yourself. I'm not concerned about your identity. I'm concerned about the truth. And the truth is there's just male and female. It's like, oh, you're fun, aren't you? What, you what, <laughs> must, must you live so incessantly in the real world? It doesn't make too much sense to me why you wouldn't give slight concessions to someone who is obviously struggling with the idea of the binary. Um, but yeah, it, I think there's conversations to be had on both sides. There's concessions to be made on both sides. And I think the, the, the sort of vitriol that people approach this conversation with own, from both sides only hurts the conversation. And I, I, I think that, yeah, concessions to be made on both sides ideologically. I agree with that, especially um, because... It all comes down, comes back down to what we were just saying about change. Change is just inevitable. And uh, from what you were just uh, saying, change is something a lot of people struggle to cope with. 
which is reflected then in those discussions. Another thing that comes with identity is also being represented somewhere. Mm -hmm. We had this conversation a lot also in this podcast. Um, we originally started as a magazine for women in metal. And uh, we said, well, there are so few women represented in the metal scene that there need to be more so that you yourself, so that the girl, the little girl can see, oh, I can be in this scene also. I can be on stage here. And nice. that is also, um, that also plays a role in this whole identity thing. When you, you, you want yourself or you want to be represented somewhere and therefore you first of all need a label or an identity so that someone else with the same identity or the same label can um, can represent you somewhere, maybe in politics or on stage or wherever. So you can see yourself reflected in that. Yes, I agree. I, I, I don't know whether I necessarily agree with that fully, but that might be because the majority of the things that I have engaged in my whole life, sports, music, all these things, are generally male-dominated. But I, I never attributed my masculinity or my gender to to my path at no point when i wanted to be in sport or in music or whatever did i think wow it's so good to see so many men doing this thing um and i i i, I don't know what an equivalent female thing would be like If, if, if you if, wanted to go into nursing, for example, nursing or palliative care or something like that, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't think, oh, wow, I'm so glad that there's men that can represent me. Um, so I, and the more men I see doing nursing, the better job I feel like I could do. If I wanted to go into nursing, I'd be taking a lot of influence from a lot of strong and incredible women. That doesn't bother me at all. Like as a more masculine man. I wouldn't be looking for men to show me the way in an industry that I wanted to join. I'd be looking for people that I can absorb whatever information and whatever experience I can on. But like I say, that might be a, um, a product of the male-dominated yeah. spaces that, I, that I've been in. Maybe the fact that I don't have to think about that is a privilege of my experience. Yeah. But that's, that is my mindset. And that, that is absolutely true. I, I wouldn't differentiate between men and women i would i would differentiate between talent and what i felt like i could absorb from these role models no matter what mm. um, I, mm -hmm. i can understand that um i am also very privileged because i'm white i'm not affected by racism and um people see me as a woman so i also i'm also not um, affected by transphobia or stuff like that and um I was also raised gender neutral, so my parents didn't say, you're a woman, you have to play with uh, with dolls so you can be a better mo mother later or stuff like that. They didn't do that. I grew up thinking that we are all equal <laughs> and then I needed to learn and it took me, it really took me a while. It took me many, many years to learn that that's not the case, that there are people who are the minority and who are not really represented and who um, who are oppressed by the system and maybe maybe that's also the people who long for a label so that that functions easier because when you're a trans person and you see there is a trans person in politics 
then you see, oh yeah, that's someone who who knows what what I struggle with. But if mm. you're privileged and you don't struggle with anything and you can do whatever you want, then there might not be the necessity of of having this this identity or this representation, this reflection of something that you relate to. 100%. And people pretend that, um, tr you know, that there's this massive new wave of trans-affected people uh, hitting um, hitting the world. But I mean, it, it's it's not that there's drastically more trans people to me. It's that the visibility has massively increased. Yes. We have TikTok, mm -hmm. we have YouTube, we have people um, who may not be fully trans, but maybe sort of experimenting with the idea that um, they don't fit into the To the, to the stereotypes that have been presented to them but but that's the thing as well and um, there's gender dysphoria that's one thing that's a, a mm -hmm. well documented um a well documented illness maybe that's not the correct word um but there's also i think and this includes me a drastic um misunderstanding of exactly what men women masculinity and femininity are because You know, apparently painting your nails is feminine. Apparently care and empathy is feminine. It's like, well, then I have loads of feminine traits. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I've seen, some, I've seen some intensely masculine women out there who, you know, maybe they're bigger, stronger, maybe they're very competitive. They go into engineering. I don't know. But we have attributed these things like having, you know, big muscles and size and strength as being inherently masculine because more men have them due to their biology but these things are as malleable as we are um yes. and i think a lot of people will grow up um uh, maybe some really effeminate men like a, a young boy will grow up just not really feeling like they naturally want to progress with things that are typically masculine competition sport aggressiveness and they just feel that they um, lean much towards the, the so defined feminine aspects of life and end up sort of believing that they might be trans or they might have gender dysphoria rather than just being a very effeminate man. Like it, it's, I, I, I think the fine line between actual gender dysphoria and someone that is just not matching um, gender stereotypes with their sex that they were um, born with. Uh, and it's it's such a gray area. Who who is anyone except the person to to call them on that? It's so intensely subjective. And I I want yes. the absolute best for everyone. I want everyone to feel as comfortable as possible. Um, but I I don't want people to have to go through you know drastic changes. Um, When they're, when they're unnecessary, but it's, it's not for me to say. It's such a delicate position that I have being, being sat here, being comfortable with, with my masculine and feminine traits, um, being comfortable with, with my body and the parts mm -hmm. of my body. Um, so with all of these points that I make, I, I have to choose my words very carefully because someone could step in and be like, well, you don't know what I go through. You don't know how I feel. And that's, that's true. Like, yeah. I, can't, I, can't say, I can't say a thing, but it's, it's, I, you know, like I was saying with my knee, this is one thing that I really try and avoid. And this is what I hope, I'm not accusing anyone of this, but this is something that I hope that people avoid throughout their entire life, right? Because these big issues, whether it's gender, whether it's physical, whether it's mental health, 
they hold a lot of power a lot of power i have a mm -hmm. i have a really really bad knee it hurts every single day i'm constantly struggling i have to do like two hours of painful physiotherapy every single day otherwise it'll get worse faster right if i was an incredibly lazy person and i didn't work and i uh you know didn't socialize um i didn't and i was sort of very snippy and lost a bunch of weight I could sit here with anyone that came for me and I could say, yeah, well, you don't know because my knee is intensely painful. So leave me alone. And you guys couldn't, you couldn't say anything. You couldn't mm -hmm. say anything because you don't know my experience. And if, yeah. I, if I let myself sort of sink into unhealthy thought patterns and unhealthy projections, there's not a lot that even my family could say because they have to understand what I've been through. And that is a powerful weapon and it's a powerful weapon that I could use to exercise a high degree of control over my environment. And mm -hmm. I think with this intense subjectivity of identity and identity politics, it can be used very divisively as a very powerful weapon to exercise control over people that you don't necessarily agree with from both sides, not just mm -hmm. people that are having um, problems with identity. So whilst I encourage exploration and I encourage uniqueness, I intensely encourage people to never weaponize their struggle, never weaponize any aspect of their identity to dominate or control a conversation or a social interaction, because that is a slippery slope and it's next to impossible to, to sort of Proof discuss. Yeah. 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 You, you, you can't do it. So, and there are, a lot of people, I know I might, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate a lot here and I know I, I may mm -hmm. seem like I'm, I'm attacking people um, just for feeling things and I'm really not, but there are people on both sides of the argument that do exactly that. They, they, they weaponize their struggle, they weaponize their identity, they weaponize whatever they can to shut down the discussion and just ter terminate things. And I, I disagree with that tactic. Attitude. Yeah. Ooh, this is getting very, very interesting. <laughs> I, I love it. It comes back to what you said in the beginning, that you are very confrontational. I go back to my point about change, because also what you were saying about um, gender stereotypes and, and expectations has always changed or, or has always been changing. I mean, it's not many uh, hundreds of years ago where, uh, you know, uh, high-heeled shoes were actually a very masculine thing and uh, the color pink was also a very masculine thing. So all of that is also changing constantly. Yep. And we are just, you know, subject to adhering to those expectations of our generation. So my two points in answer to what you just said are that the i think what is destructive about the culture of discussion especially on the internet um right now in 2022 is the resisting to change in the way that we are just now learning after everything uh you know after we are learning from the cancel culture for example we are learning to allow people uh, to change and to evolve and to grow and to admit that they were not, that they were wrong. 
and and to forgive them for mistakes when they are willing to you know to put the work into getting better and um yeah and just being better human beings um i totally agree with it with what you said as well about uh individuals weaponizing identity to control especially the discourse or or political discourse i understand why they do it but i do think that is a very that is a very dangerous point maybe even because on one side we have like we see statistics and we know how systemic oppression works and I might even argue that that is weaponizing identity. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I said on both sides. Yeah, in a very massive way that is socially accepted. If we are talking, for example, about misogyny and or um, pay gaps, etc., or the bathroom for 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 trans people, uh, or yeah, all of these all of these discussions that very conservative people think. Okay, if we allow a person that was um, assigned male at birth to use a women's bathroom, they might, you know, commit some sort of violence against uh, the rest oh, of the, the women. The right? Violence it's, argument is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and also there is no there is no statistics or no proof to back that up, right? It's, it's but these quality. points are being made anyway in these discussions. Yeah, and one thing that irritates me to the core is the generally conservative or right wing. Um, just incessant clawing to this word reality, the truth. What is the truth? What is what is reality? It's like, well, you know, a trans woman um, isn't a real woman because what is a real woman? You know, a, a, in my world, we live in this reality where you have an XY chromosome, whatever, right? And it's like mm -hmm. the thing that I don't understand is that you know, I, I saw I saw someone score a goal in a football match, and the commentator said, "Whoa, that was a you know that that goal was an absolute bullet." It was a bullet. And this conservative person would then sit in front of that commentator and they'd say, well, it wasn't a bullet, really, was it? It's a ball going into a goal because I live in reality in the real world. So, you know, don't call it a bullet when it's not a bullet. It was a, it's a football going into a net. It's a goal. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well done. Well done. You can sit back on, in your, with your ideological blockade and you can say, well, that's not real, is it? Because mm -hmm. they have a very firm idea of their identity and the idea of that changing or being challenged is just insane to them. And the violence argument, ugh, ridiculous. It's the same argument that has, that has been used time and time again. It's, it's, it's the children. It's the same as the children. Yeah. Oh, think, think, of, think of the children. <laughs> think of the children. We, we can't have women vote because if women vote, then they'll leave the house to do all their voting and who will look after the children? Think of the children. We can't have homosexuals as teachers. What about the children? Are oh, the children might it's like, oh, what if, you know, if we allow people to explore their gender identity and we allow um, the idea of trans people being okay and accepted humans, what about the children? All our children will become trans. It's the most irritating idea yes, and argument yes, that yes. people yeah. hide behind where they just, they'll bring out something like the truth, reality, the children or violence. And it's just like, oh my God, yes, okay. People can lie. We've established this. People can be dishonest mm -hmm. and people can be dishonest about their gender identity. People can be dishonest about their identity. People can be dishonest about anything to gain or to take or to dominate or mm -hmm. to control. Anyone can do that. So bringing it into the, the, the discussion regarding trans people and their toilets, 
Yeah. It just it derails the conversation and it takes it to a place that's that's hard to to back because it's like, well, yes, violence is bad. Yeah, I, I don't want anyone to get assaulted in a toilet, no matter what gender they are. The 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 you know the only thing when it comes to trans issues, genuinely, the only sticky patch for me personally that I really cannot wrap my head around and I don't know how to address or how to fix it is sport how do you mm -hmm. have a fair a fair representation of a trans person in sport particularly someone that's gone from male to female and someone that like transitioned very late and is a wrestler or something like that and you have mm -hmm. this trans person that has gone into a male sport and they're utterly dominating and some you know people say it's unfair i agree to an extent i would wager that it's also unfair that this person has suffered so much throughout their entire life that they have you know changed their or made their gender match how they feel inside so late in their life that in and itself is a struggle and it's a struggle that i would wager is a lot heavier than um the struggle of someone who's losing a sporting event you know that's something mm -hmm. that i I, I wouldn't but it, that that's the only thing that i i can't wrap out like toilets if if you're trans if you're male to female just use use a toilet or like non-binary uh non-gendered toilets fine cool yeah gender neutral <laughs> toilets work amazingly like, <laughs> that was that was really good really? i think um i don't have a solution either but i think just like i mean in sports what you were just describing just like in other structures like for example, the armed forces, both are, it's the parallel that, that I am uh, thinking of right now, both are institutions that are pretty old and when they were establishing their processes and their, uh, I don't know, working processes and traditions or whatever, there was this very, um, very strict division of uh, biology so it's not gender it's actually sex right sure uh, biological sex and how to get over that how to um i don't know could we just not make everything gender neutral and uh the best athletes would be the best athletes and uh i'm, I'm i have no idea yeah, that, that's it. that's an interesting I, i've had this discussion a few times with a few friends of mine because it mm -hmm. is is an interesting discussion it is so gray and there is no easy solution um and the unfortunate fact is and maybe people are going to jump on me for this but if you took the vast majority of sports particularly very physical sports football boxing mixed martial arts rugby whatever if you were to make them all gender neutral and mix women would win so rarely that i think it would devalue their participation in the sport because if you were a woman trying to be a professional boxer and when you make it to a certain level you have to start fighting men it, it, the odds of you becoming a champion boxer as a woman if you're fighting men are devastating and you know would would women on mass be comfortable with competing um with men all the time and no close to never winning um i don't know because i'm not i'm not a woman and i ca i can't speak for that um but i i don't know whether that would be an effective solution um but yeah it, it it's it's like you say it, it it's it's impossible to to nail it down yeah and also um 
I don't know, maybe just we have to rethink all of these structures completely new and find new ways to evaluate competitive sports and other types of activities that are divided like that by uh, biological sex uh, that have been um, divided that way or categorized that way so far. But uh, yeah, I think we are, <laughs> the discussion The discussion is amazing, but <laughs> we are uh, going away a little bit from the, from the topic. And one of the things that, uh, that we were talking uh, before and also stuck out to me is um, about the language. I don't know if you introduce yourself with pronouns. Do you use pronouns when you... Not I, at all. I, I mean, obviously I do because everyone uses pronouns because it's in language and I'm not mm -hmm. going to sit here and be like, I don't use pronouns. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I refer to people with pronouns all the time because it's literal language. But I encourage people to, to guess. Because, okay. and if someone, if, if someone, you know, most of the time when someone uses your pronouns, you're not going to be in the room. Because if we were having a discussion, when would I ever refer to you as she? If I were talking to you directly. Yeah. You only really say, oh, she did this, she did that. Mm -hmm. um, and if someone decides, takes it upon themselves to use either gender neutral or feminine pronouns for me, mm -hmm. it, it just would not factor into my day at all mm -hmm. it would be and even if someone was trying to do it really venomously and they were like oh she's trying to do this she i'd just be like this is a big old you problem and this has absolutely no bearing on my day uh, and it, it does not bother me at all so yes obviously people will use male pronouns because i'm very male presenting um there are elements of uh, masculinity as we understand it today that i definitely do not um embody and there are definitely elements of femininity as we understand it today that i embody fully uh so i guess the argument could be made that i could use gender neutral pronouns but i just i see i personally see um no facility in them yeah to i be can honest. i can relate to that so much because i feel the same i would not want to have a discussion about it and i just don't care if someone refers to me as mr And I would like would be like okay if you <laughs> if you think so do that, um, and that has always been the case. I um, when I went to a festival um, in previous times, I used to wear white clothes and a hat and sunglasses. And sometimes the male securities were checking me for weapons and stuff. They don't usually do that. And they were like, oh sorry, I thought you were a man. And I was like, yeah, fine, <laughs> just sure. go on and let me enjoy the festival. But I think. There are people out there who really care about that. And that's, for me, I decided for myself that I do not care if someone says I'm, uh, or I don't care about the pronouns that people have for me. But I think it's also, or I respect if people are aware of that and they want specific pronouns to be used. And then I, I also try to use them, even though they are, I'm not used to um, have them because, as you said, there are so many pronouns that people can pick. <laughs> yeah, I would find it really difficult to use a custom pronoun for someone. If I really cared about them and I really respected them and I, I fully understood their motivations for having that pronoun, then I would try my best. I would try my best. But, and, yeah. and I, I think the only, um, Thing that can be made close to a concrete argument is you know the, the gender gender neutral pronoun it, it, it's an interesting idea 
And when when people are like, no, it's only men and women. It's like, oh god, it's only one more. Like it's not that difficult to refer to someone as 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 they or them. It's actually quite easy. You can do it with both genders. Um, but me, and this is very this is very personal. Me personally, I do not see the facility in a gender neutral pronoun because whether you when you're born with a certain sex, um, that's one thing. But your gender presentation is so malleable, so malleable. Mm-hmm. And if you genuinely feel that there are, you know, elements of masculinity as you understand it that you just hate, you don't like it. You know, you're you're rea- you, you are, you're male presenting. You were born a male, but there are so many aspects of like toxic masculinity that you just hate. You can't stand them, so you abandon them and you change your pronouns. Or you know, maybe you don't link up with either, and you end up choosing a gender neutral pronoun. For me, if 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 you're moving so fluidly between the two, um, either way then a gender neutral pronoun is the same as either having mm-hmm. having your pronouns be they them is effectively the same as saying well it, it, it could be male or female so just sort of a- appropriate a gender presentation that suits you and then have people guess and then they can't guess wrong mm-hmm. that's how i would feel i i would never choose a, gen- uh, a they i'd never choose to be referred to as they them because if I were truly feeling that androgynous, then either is fine. I don't despise masculinity and femininity so much that I don't want either, and I refuse to buy into this idea of masculinity and femininity. Yeah, I agree in the, that it's a spectrum, and I agree that people can move fluidly across it depending on their mood, sure. But I don't hate both sides so much that I would disregard both in exchange for um, a, a gender-neutral pronoun permanently. As in, like, you have to use this pronoun or else. Mm-hmm. That's where it gets a little bit like, I mean, you know, just, just, I'm trying to engender, pun not intended, I'm trying to engender mm-hmm. comfort with your situation without demanding or requiring the validation of a pronoun that you have chosen in order to feel comfortable. That's, that's how I feel. And I know that's not how loads of people feel. Loads of people are going to disagree with me, but that's how I feel. I think that is very per- a very personal thing. Um, I myself uh, favor the they, them from when it's a person I don't know. And I present myself or I am trying to trying my best to every time I introduce myself uh, to say my pronouns are she, her, because those are important-ish to me. And also just to... Um, you know, make a point of uh, making people aware or spreading the word, so to speak, that pronouns are important for some people, as Pia was was saying. And that is the thing. I think treating a person uh, or calling a person by their chosen pronouns is kind of an act of kindness for me. Yes. Because um, for us to change that language is just one word, as you were saying, and it's just this tiny uh, tuning that we have to do. But for that person, it can be the world. It's just the kind of uh, kindness that I think we should all have a uh, of uh, basic human respect for one another. Wholeheartedly and, agree. And on the other hand, um, I think it's also amazing how gay men as far as I know, have made it a point as well of calling themselves um, 
girl or she <laughs> and i've seen enough rupaul's drag race to yeah exactly yeah. and i love that love it. and it's just so um it's it's this kind of super cute and and amusing thing that can have a have this this shocking effect on many many people and that also helps the cost so to speak. We just need to be curious about every person's experience and uh, ask ca uh, kindly or, or respectfully what are your pronouns? How do you see yourself? I don't know. I, I before assuming. Uh, that is that is something that I that I try to to do a lot, especially when, for example, I know Toby, you are a Twitch streamer yourself as well, and when we see people come into the chat and with these uh, sometimes amazingly creative uh, usernames, we just don't know who's behind that and what their feelings are, what their identities are. So just not assuming their gender and and maybe asking or just. Um, yeah just pointing out that they they <laughs> um might be uh might want to share uh how they identify or or i don't know just driving that point so that more and more people know that uh we are all very complicated human beings and identify in very very different manners and with probably several labels as we have discussed today and we yeah we should first of all, respect that and also just not draw conclusions from the stereotypes that we are used to and that we have been raised uh, into and um, rather ask the person for their own experience and their own chosen identities, maybe. Yeah, that can also change. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to respect everyone. I want everyone to feel comfortable. I don't want to I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Um, and you know, I, I, there, there's there's just something that sits in 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 my core, like fundamentally within me, that that says that labeling and micromanaging and the grouping together of people based on personality traits or identity, it doesn't have that much positive function. Um because it's in potentially infinite series of things that that you can choose and i i love that people can be expressive and i love that they can find ways of describing themselves and like you say grouping together within communities and feeling seen and all this kind of stuff but it's when it's when you bring that to the rest of the world and demand that they play too that is when you're going to encounter resistance for a number of reasons Mo the, the biggest one is just apathy like a lot of people mm -hmm. are just like i don't want to play this game I, yeah. I i want the rules to be um as simple as the way that i've understood them my whole life and that's okay too it's not a bad yeah. thing that you've got you know a man who's just a man and he doesn't have any feminine traits and he doesn't want to buy into this gender identity thing and blah blah, blah. and it's like that's that's okay and he, it's important that this person be respectful and not, um, what's the word? not be derogatory towards someone who's um, experimenting with with their identity. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's also important for the person that's experimenting with their identity to not place so much intrinsic value on this identity being validated by everyone all the time. Yeah, all the time. That because they're they're just going to end up disappointed. 
and it's it's going to yeah. be something that's going to be like really difficult for them to to come to terms with and then they're going to end up you know well, why 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 don't you like this why can't you discuss this with me why can't you call me by this pronoun that's not that's not very nice and some people just don't want to and it's like yes i would encourage those people that don't want to to be a little bit more curious be a little bit more outgoing be willing to to make certain concessions and certain changes but then i would also encourage the people that are being very experimental to understand that this is a a very rare thing for people to to go through and i don't know sort of segregating yourself with these labels uh, and making them more and more specific with each passing year is you know it's like late stage capitalism it's going to get more and more broad and there's going to be more and more individual labels and each label is going to require their own validation their own rules their own this and it's it's going to just you know it's basically leading to the point like yes we are all unique we mm-hmm. are all our yeah. own individual person and that's okay but you know expecting everyone in in the world to recognize my uniqueness and validate every aspect of my uniqueness under pain of cancellation it's a big mm-hmm. ask it's a big ask and it's also very exhausting i think we've we've made this point in the podcast before we always talk about mental health as well and we ask as well everybody to uh, check with yourself and with your energy levels because when entering this type of discussion and when trying to explain how you identify and why that can sometimes draw a lot of energy especially when you are confronted with a lot of resistance and just making all those points and trying to explain uh, so that somebody you maybe won't ever see again just understands and accepts you can be really 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 exhausting and um yeah and just eat away at your mental health sometimes mm. So uh, sometimes it's just not not worth not worth it not worth um, making that point and uh, wasting that energy explaining trying to change somebody else's mind. Mm. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's 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 so intensely personal, and yes. um, it does feel good to have an identity that you have curated yourself be validated by the rest of the world. You know. Mm-hmm. If you create um, a character or may- maybe you create an alternate persona for a YouTube channel, I don't know, like some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. And it, it does feel great having that validated. But at the end of the day, um, it's not it, it doesn't always work like that. Um, and I don't know whether it should or shouldn't. I, I can't say that. And I wouldn't ever presume to say that. We all think we're so worldly. We all mm-hmm. think that we have such an a firm understanding of what masculinity is like i understand masculinity so much that i am abandoning abandoning masculinity and i'm choosing feminine pronouns because i understand femininity to its core i me i understand femininity and therefore i have chosen feminine pronouns it's like well i i don't presume to understand a damn thing i understand each moment as it comes and each decision that i make and the decision i make to to dress in a in a so-called effeminate way or act in a so-called masculine way could potentially change day to day and yeah i, I don't have the conviction to to pick a pronoun <laughs> because if i if i'm like oh well i'm non-binary now and because i don't agree with the idea of masculine things being masculine and feminine things being feminine i believe that it's all a big mix and we should all be gender neutral and blah, blah, blah. it's like I, I i don't have the conviction to 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 choose that and i wouldn't choose it because then that that invites so much. I'm lazy. 
it invites <laughs> so much complication and it would it would disappoint me to to go out and have you know if, if i was in interviews or if i was talking to people and they're all using the wrong pronouns and i just became stressed out i'd be like you use it no that's not that's not how i feel today i, I, I feel i feel different and you should look to it's like i i just I let it all pass me by because I believe that it's important mm-hmm. to explore it. And I think that the conversation is good and we should understand that everyone is unique and has their own unique experience when it comes to gender. Um, but also don't put so much weight on it. Don't, don't require so much from it um, because it's, it's so much simpler to just be who you are unapologetically but sort of like calm and quiet you know rather than big and bold and reactive and aggressive and um constantly stirring up like conversations whether it's left or right or whatever i i just i am whoever i am that day and people perceive me however they choose to perceive me and you know if 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 i'm feeling particularly masculine that day and i've done a good job of uh appropriating masculinity as it's understood which i'm generally quite good at because i'm built like a man and i have very masculine features so i'm i'm good at at passing as a man you know and Mm -hmm. people will use the masculine pronouns and it's like well that's easy for me if i wanted to be a lot more effeminate i'd I'd obviously struggle convincing the general public um that i'm so feminine that they would assume and use feminine pronouns that would be very difficult for me and i understand that that would be really hard for someone if you're born a man or if you're born masculine presenting you have so much feminine feeling and feminine energy that you wish that you could present yourself in a way where people would just guess that you have female pronouns and you have to Mm -hmm. the fact that that's not really possible that's rough that's really really difficult and i encourage people on the on the on the right and the more sort of conservative side to be a lot more understanding and to not sit back on that truth and reality argument that just it's you know that's that's the impossible wall you can't get past that because it's like well you know it's it's an ideological corner that's hard to talk your way out of mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I i just i try to i try to not put so much significance on identity that i need it and i need to be validated by other people for it and that is a very healthy attitude if and when we all um, can enjoy the same rights and opportunities, which is where the labels come in handy uh, when it gets very political and when we um, when it is actually important to have these discussions as well so that we realize that uh, some of those identities uh, are still persecuted in several parts of the world and just don't have the same uh rights representation etc etc as others other labels and identities um yeah but that was also a very um a very eye-opening attitude and perspective to hear from thank you so much toby yeah that's all good i I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be listening and they're going to be like oh my god this guy is just saying words he's just talking utter shite um because i don't there's there's no right answer here Exactly. Um, and also there is no need to be right and or wrong, um, especially yeah. since we are all just learning. Yep. I choose the path of, path of least resistance, which is in contrast to my confrontational nature. I do mm-hmm. like having discussions. I do like arguing with people. And I, I particularly sort of 
you know, I might say one thing, but then if some if someone on the other side of the argument is very blasé, very facetious, and very sort of like stubborn, I might all of a sudden be like, well, now I care. All right, well, now that, <laughs> now, now that you've shown that you're going to be this difficult and this obtuse when talking about this, well, yes, you know what, let's actually talk about it. Um, but aside from that, in general, in life in general, I choose the path of least resistance, particularly when it comes to identity. You know, other people's assumptions about me are their assumptions. I, I, I can only understand myself and I can only be responsible for my own identity and myself and making sure that I'm comfortable dressing and doing and acting and saying mm-hmm. and loving whoever I feel like in that particular moment. And if that is abhorrent to some people, then that That's is their problem. It's their abhorrence. Like they're the ones that have to feel that feeling. It's like living in a in an yeah. ugly house. And it's like it's your neighbor that has to look at it. Like yeah. psh, it truly doesn't bother me. That's a really cool cool metaphor. And I think that's also a great point to slowly come to the end of our awesome talk. Sure. And if you feel as as well, I I I if if you strongly disagree with anything that I've said, um my confrontational nature isn't isn't like I'm I'm not going to dislike you for for disagreeing with me even if you really think like you have just said something that I that I think is totally wrong, please. Like cuz I the adaptability element of my personality like I think things but I'm open to change even with my sort of fundamental thought I'm always open to being sort of proven wrong or learning educating growing however you want to say it so that's a good trait of character and mm-hmm. also being able to change your mind and also um we don't have to agree with everything there are some points where we have to <laughs> agree um and we can't be with people who don't agree with some of our opinions but there are so many opinions and so many topics where it's just okay to disagree and we can uh we can still be friends and have conversations about different things if that upsets us too much uh, to talk about that yeah we don't have to agree with everything 100% <laughs> yes agree to disagree is always an option we not, we don't always yeah. have to be right totally Totally. And like, if, if, I, if I came across a very stubborn person and I was like, my pronouns are he, him, and they said, no, I'm going to refer to you as they, them, I'd be like, okay. It wouldn't, it just, and I, I'd, I'd like to think that people can adopt that mindset where it's like, my pronouns are they, them. And it's like, well, you look like a man, so I'm going to say he, him. And they'd be like, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, because there is ve- like that, that's not, that's mean. That is a mean thing for someone to do, and it's a lazy thing for someone to do. And I'm not mm-hmm. encouraging people to do that, and I'm not saying that it's virtuous that someone wants to not engage with this whole pronoun game. However, if you come across someone that is like that, the far easier route is to just be like, okay, because it's like and not it, to take it, it personally, yeah, yeah, and it's it's like that psychological trick when someone says something uh, in an argument that is so flagrantly wrong or stupid the best thing you can do after they say it is five to ten seconds of silence and not to immediately say something back because if you Mm -hmm. immediately say something back then you buy into the idea that this is a back and forth discussion and that there's some merit to the thing that they've just said if they say something incredibly stupid and you just look at them and you give them five to ten seconds to think about it it just highlights how idiotic what they said actually is um the thing that the thing they said so and it's the same if someone misgenders you then just sort of give give them five to ten seconds to realize how silly being that mean is yeah and then just kind of like and then just move on 
because it's like whatever life hacks really like for real like yeah that is incredibly practical i will start using that in my daily life now <laughs> that is awesome all right so the big question the big end question of our show is what music, what music? have you been listening to lately can I start? Yes. Ooh, yes, please. Because I'm completely hyped about the Halo effect. It's a band with ex Inflames members. Um, the singer of Dark Tranquility is also the singer there. He was also the singer on the first Inflames album. And they play melodic death metal, which I used to listen to a lot. And then I listened to a lot of metalcore. And now I'm completely on the melodic death metal train again. I'm also hyped for the new Inflame stuff because they released some really cool songs. Um, I did not like their past two or three albums that much. Um, a Sense of Purpose was the last album that I really listened to a lot. And yeah, the new album might be something for me <laughs> to listen to again. And yes, that's I'm, I'm obsessed with the Halo effect at the moment. Very nice. Awesome. What about you, Toby? Does this have to specifically be new music? Because I no. cannot lie, I have not been listening nope. to a lot of new music recently. I mean, obviously, look, uh, Glow On by Turnstile is phenomenal. That's a really easy answer because of just... Yes. Because of how objectively <laughs> good that album is and how just <laughs> yeah. fun and interesting that band are. Um, but in general, uh, I've been going down sort of memory lane a little bit, um, particularly because we've been writing new music uh and mm. one of the things that i did as a sort of creative experiment was i i have like a bag I, i'll i'll get it real swift hang on <laughs> in this bag right here it shows us a plastic is, bag um most of the cds that i amassed when i was sort of 10 11 12 13 years old uh and i used to walk home from school with a cd walkman and i would mm -hmm listen to these and I, I i listened to almost exclusively all of these cds uh whilst writing um the songs that we've the songs that we've just been writing uh oh my goodness what have we got here i find it amazing that you still have a cd player <laughs> i don't i don't this this yeah. is this is just something that i can't bring myself to throw oh. away i I've, oh, I've moved I <laughs> i've moved four times in the last uh, 18 months and every time i move i throw away more and more things because mm -hmm. i have less and less space I've just been hanging on to this. Um, and it's a, a lot of Queens of the Stone Age, um, Muse, Pantera, uh, controversially. Um, there's some hit, there's Notorious B.I.G. in here. This is one of the most incredible albums ever written, Origins of Symmetry by Muse. Hell yeah. Um, absolutely incredible. Uh, but there's even like some more niche things here. Um, Forgotten Soul, Brutality Will Prevail. Anyone that does, wants to know about uh, the uncrowned kings of UK hardcore, Brutality Will Prevail. Uh, any album from um, oh, uh, Scatter the Ashes and beforehand is is just absolutely insane. Uh, Dirty Money, one of, literally one of the best UK hardcore bands ever with a Scouse singer who's got a really interesting accent. One of the craziest shows that ever happened was at the Underworld when they did their final ever show. Absolutely insane. Uh, and loads of stuff in here. A Day to Remember, Basement, Burst, so lots of massive this is an insane album the lyrics if you're a lyricist and you want to write good lyrics um read the lyrics to anything by verse particularly this album aggression is incredible um and another one for lyrics is called somewhere at the bottom of the river between vega and altair by la dispute another incredible lyrical experience um so yeah i, I just dipped into my 
um, nostalgic bag and I, I listened to every single CD that I had. But obviously, I got it up on Spotify. I didn't listen to the CD itself because I don't have a CD mm-hmm. player. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's all the music. <laughs> that's all the music that I've been listening to recently, but none of it's new. None of it's new. And maybe I should have been listening to some, to some new stuff, but I, I didn't. <laughs> that's great. That's really cool. I'm also still addicked to um, to Turnstile. I always listen to that when I take a shower. <laughs> Incredible what? band. They, they've done <laughs> everything right. Everything. The aesthetic, the vibe, the music. Yeah. Everything. They've just hit the nail on the head. They did, they've done so well. That's awesome. After all those amazing recommendations, I'm just going to add one song from the Disney movie Encanto. Uh, Trivium singer Matthew Heafy did a cover of uh, Surface Pressure, which is, in my opinion, the best song of the movie. So I love that he did that cover. It's amazing. I love it. That sounds sick. (laughs) Yeah, it just came out like two weeks ago. It's really, really good. You should totally listen to it. By the way, Matt Heafy is also doing a, a feature on the Halo Effect album. Right. Yeah, he was promoting it as well. Yes. Awesome. Is there anything you have to promote, Toby? Upcoming dates, releases, uh, your Twitch channel? Yeah, twitch.tv forward slash Toby Duncan. If you like me uh, being a sweaty tryhard at FromSoft games, particularly Elden Ring at the moment, that's what you're going to get for the most part on my Twitch. I've been thinking about like really intensely diversifying uh, my. Uh, but like I, I've got so many ideas and I don't know whether to put them all on one platform or whether to spread them around multiple platforms or whether to like start a Patreon or put it all on YouTube. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of promotion, we got new songs. We got one tune that um, we recorded two songs in the studio recently. One of them we got like the stems back for recently. It sounds insane. That will be coming up. Um, we've obviously got our US tour with Shikari for any American people that are going to be listening. That's coming up next month. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've had a we, we, we've we've had a, a little while to write music, and we'll be trickle releasing songs over the coming months uh, in preparation for. I don't know whether it's going to be a new album, but it's songs. It's going to be songs. We're going to release songs, and if we end up releasing enough songs that we can call it an album, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, new music, and I don't know, just whatever I can come up with in in terms of content as like i said i got i got loads of ideas but i just i don't know where to begin i'm paralyzed by indecision (laughs) awesome that means everybody has to stay tuned on your social media maybe where can absolutely trash boat uk on everything and i'll be toby toby underscore uh toby duncan on everything t-o-b-i toby duncan awesome pia where can people find you I am power underscore Pia almost everywhere. Um, I'm mostly active on Instagram. Same. Hell yeah. Same. And I'm Kiki <laughs> G87 everywhere. Uh, but yeah, Insta Stories is almost uh, everything you'll get from me. <laughs> and we are the Bleeding Metal Podcast and or Bleeding Metal Pod everywhere uh don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on spotify uh wait no subscribe on apple podcasts and follow us on spotify that's the thing and uh yeah uh enjoy the bonus episode we just released uh when this comes out it's it's gonna be two weeks ago and uh otherwise we will be back next month thank you so much toby for your time and for your wisdom this has been a very interesting uh conversation 
And uh, yeah, see you soon. Thank you for having me. And I'm happy to come back and defend myself whenever the, the reaction to this podcast comes in, if it comes in in a negative light. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We might have to take you up on that. What? <laughs> <laughs> defend your point of view. Is like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks so much. See you later. Bye-bye.